and welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. We're back for Grapeseed Greatest Hits number three, and our guest for this one is Dan, who we haven't had on for quite a while. He was on some of the Open the Box podcasts, I think units 7, 9, 11, and 13, and then he was on a 10 Things podcast number 28. So if you haven't heard those, go back and check them out after this one, but welcome back to the show, Dan. Great hearing from you again, Adam. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So just like with Jody, I let you choose two and I chose one here for our Grapeseed Greatest Hits. And we'll start with your choices. First up, we have What Do You See from Unit 11? Yeah, this one's really fun. <laughs> I uh, I really enjoy What Do You See? One of, one of the reasons I, I really um, got into this one with teaching the kids is, you know, we really start to get practicing the prepositional phrases, mm. you know, like off and on and in. Um, and it's not their first exposure to it. As you know, they they get a chance to see that and give it to a friend from Unit 3, um, which, as I recall, Jody spoke about as well, um, yep. because it, it is really uh, quite an impactful thing. Uh, you know, it gives a lot of context that we can use in our classroom outside of just the material itself. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of fun for them. Yeah, so even that unit three, like you mentioned, but even going back to unit one, for example, with mouse in the barn, there's so many prepositional phrases there that this material just continues to build off of that with a lot more complexity. We see words like beside or by that are a little bit more tricky for students to understand rather than just on or around like in unit one. But because we built that foundation in the past, they're able to understand it better here. Yeah, understand it and use it, right? I mean, uh, one of the benefits of this this material is we're able to really set up our classroom for discovery, and it can change daily. Just putting, you know, something above the door and asking them, what do you see on top of the door or on top of the table? And it can just easily change from day to day, but it gets the students involved and using the language in a way that maybe in their first couple of exposures in uh, the first units, they weren't able to verbalize it as much as they are. And if we think about just the growing progression of learning that our students have in, in most materials in Grapeseed, usually in the early exposures, we're just expecting very simple responses, maybe one word answers. And we're trying to, by the end of the unit, build to full sentence answers. But with something like this material here, where students have had a lot of practice with prepositional phrases already, we can expect a little bit more from them in the beginning. So as opposed to just one word answers, we can expect even short prepositional phrases, even short sentences from students in the beginning, but we still want to build to full complex sentences by the end of the unit, which is reflected in the quick checks. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the, the lesson plans will, will help us reinforce and build upon that. Um, and we do get to see those results, especially if you're one of those lucky teachers who taught your students in their first five units, and now you're able to continue that here. Um, you know, you really get to see their growth and how they're able to start using it. Absolutely. Let's jump in closer to the actual material itself. So when we're looking at the teaching cards, I want to highlight card two, for example. What do you see between the rocks? Okay. If you're just trying to pick up this material and teach it without practicing or without really looking at the pictures, I can almost guarantee you, you're not going to point to the right place. So grab this material before you start teaching. Really think through, okay, where is it indicating? Where do I actually need to point? Um, another good example is card ones off the beach. You really want to be looking mm -hmm. at these cards 
determining where the correct pointing is so you're not fumbling with it and looking not very confident in front of your students when you're teaching this in, in the real world. Yeah, that, that's a great point, but especially with, when looking at, at most of the cards here. Um, the, the field of depth has a lot to do with where you're going to be pointing as well. Mm. Um, so I think that's a really good point of, as always, being knowing your lesson plans uh, and being prepared with your gestures uh, and your pointing just so that you're making sure even from the first exposure, it's accurate and uh, you're not having students unlearn uh, if you show them the wrong one the first time. Exactly. Because if you if you're in exposure one pointing to one place, they're going to remember that. So when you try to point somewhere else in, in exposure two, try to switch it up on them, they're probably going to call you out on it and be a little bit confused. So just have it right from the get go and you'll be good. Great point. One pronunciation note here, seal on a sail. If you're mm. not a native speaker of English, it might be a little tricky. Make sure to practice that so you're really clear in how you're saying it. Even as a native speaker, those two words can sound very similar if you're kind of rushing through it. So just be really clear with your pronunciation with your students when you get to seal on a sail and you'll be all right. Uh, can I add one thing as well that I, I one other point I'd like to bring up that I enjoyed with this is um, near the end of the unit, I think with this one, it's a great opportunity to start um, pairing the students off once they've had enough practice and exposure so that they can start asking each other these questions and, you know, kind of playing it like I spy a little bit. And what do you see pointing in the classroom? And they get a chance to, to use that language and see things that are around them and not just always directed by the teacher. And it, it turns into, as chants are, opportunity to use the language authentically. Absolutely. This is even highlighted in the lesson plans themselves. If we're looking at lesson 30's lesson plan, for example, uh, it says... In two groups, have class take turns asking and answering questions. Ask, what do you see between you and me? What do you see by the door? So even from the start of the unit, you're aiming to get kids here and able to do these things. You're laying the groundwork to get to pair interaction like Dan is suggesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. One last point before we move on to our next material is that there's a lot of shared language and concepts between this material and not only in previous units like we were talking about with Mouse in the Barn or Give It to a Friend, but even with There's a Whole, which is also in Unit 11. There's a lot of shared prepositional phrase work, so you can kind of you can cross-reference both materials with each other to help students if they're struggling a little bit. All right, let's move to the second material you chose, Dan, here. The first controversial pick on the Grapeseed official podcast for the Grapeseed Greatest Hits, Fun in the Snow. Why did you choose this one, Dan? Well, you know, I, I do like the underdog. Um, I, <laughs> I understand that, um, you know, this, this, this story in particular uh, doesn't ring true for a lot of, a lot of uh, teachers and trainers, I suppose, um, in that it's, let's say, long for compared to some of the other stories um, and maybe don't have those big, fun, exciting gotcha moments that the students wait for in a story. Mm. But with that, I, I, what I really do enjoy about it um, is it really enables a lot of learning to take place with, you know, first, next and last and taking turns. And I just think a lot of that will play into your classroom and teacher expectations and rules. So it does really help students uh, set them up for success by having exposure to this in a way that they can understand. Mm. 
Absolutely. That concept of taking turns, if you haven't really focused on it yet in your class, when you're building your classroom management, for example, you'll be able to really hit it here with this material. Um, even lesson two targets this a little bit to help demonstrate the meaning right off the bat for your students. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's also something for my students in particular, uh, my history with teaching in, in a hot climate like Thailand, a lot of students don't have uh, any experience with something like snow <laughs> or even really changing seasons. Um, so for that reason alone, I, I really do enjoy it. Um, I come from a, a cold weather country like Canada. So sometimes the, the air conditioning would be not working as it should in the classroom and reading this story would uh, make me long for colder days, <laughs> I, I could say. Uh, um, but, but one of those things as well that helped bring this to life if you're lucky enough to, to teach your students outside of the grade two classroom uh, in another subject, or you get some, some special time with them, it's fun to, you know, if you have access to snow or from your freezer or crush on, crushing up some ice cubes, um, just bringing in like a snowball and letting them see it and play with it. Um, of course, not, we don't really have as much time in our grade seed lessons, but um, if we do have that added time, it's just a fun extra dimension that you can bring to the material that for some students can be quite different than something they're used to. Absolutely. I like that idea. Little little tricky in preparation with the temperature differences, especially if that air conditioner isn't working in your classroom, but <laughs> yes. you can pull it off. It's worth a shot. <laughs> Speaking of snowballs here, in this story, they throw snowballs at each other while in Birthday Fun, another story in Unit 7 here, they throw balls to each other. So there's a slight difference in meaning here, throwing snowballs at somebody, like as you would imagine throwing, it's a snowball fight, right? So you're mm -hmm. trying to hit people with snowballs where in birthday fun, when you're throwing balls to each other, they're throwing balls nicely to try to catch them. Now, be careful how you demonstrate meaning in the classroom <laughs> with this one. Uh, don't want any hurt kids or anything, but showing them the difference between what these two things mean at each other versus to each other will be helpful for their comprehension. Yeah, definitely with uh, the student safety in mind there. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to your idea of demonstrating the meaning of taking turns early on, demonstrating the, the difference between same and different is also really important here. Lesson three highlights this, but it still might take your students a little bit of time to understand the difference between or just understand the meaning of same versus different. So try to come up with some other ideas of maybe some props you could bring in or different clothing things you might notice, like if students are wearing the same color socks or different color socks. Little things like that can help aid comprehension early on so then they understand the story more fully. Yeah, for sure. Especially with, you know, um, and this is a bit deeper level, uh, maybe they'll visually see it more than verbalize it, but um, with even the different seasons, as you mentioned, with having different clothes. So you wouldn't wear the same pants in winter as you would in summer. So that's something that's different as well and builds upon some of the language from the story is we do talk about clothing and what they're going to wear to go outside in the snow. Yeah, if you have a class that can be challenged to think about this material that deeply and get them there, then great. Um, they might not get there, which is totally fine because we're going to come back and really hit clothing and wearing them um, in unit 12. 
So they'll, mm-hmm. we'll be able to build more on those concepts if you can't get to the, the heights of what Dan's talking about here. Realistically, where we're looking to get here with this material by the end exposures is if we look at the quick check, can students talk about the day using the language of the story? What can we do when we go outside today? Play, run, put on our coats, etc. This is a really good question to bring up sometimes as students move on to later units. So what can we do when we go outside today as your students continue to build their English foundation? Asking them in unit nine, unit 11, unit 13, just as you're walking into the classroom, it'll be really fun for students. Or even as you're saying goodbye, as they're about to go outside, it's a good time to ask that too. More specific clothing related expressions and vocab are coming in unit 12, like I mentioned before. And just they'll just have more vocabulary in general from unit eight onwards. And we can also, uh, one of the end goals as Adam was looking at the end of the unit, um, you know, one of the things as well as having them being able to express a preference. Uh, and one of the questions that we have near the end of the unit in the lesson plan um, is asking, what do you eat and drink? And that's a good time for them to be able to verbalize their preference. So in referencing another student, if, you know, what do you eat and drink? And the student says pizza. You can ask, ask your next student, oh, do you like pizza? Yes, I do. Or no, I don't. Um, but they're having a chance to, to describe their preferences, even if it's, you know, not overly complicated. They're still able to, to you know, tell you that. Mm. And they just had what in unit six? They just had sad Sam, right? So talking about different yes. things, Sam ate uh, and drank over like breakfast, lunch and dinner. And even in the same unit, you have the song morning, noon and night where students mm-hmm. get some of that same language, too. So just a really good example of the spiral curriculum setting up students for success, concepts that we introduced in earlier units coming back around and students getting more practice with them in different contexts. A little bit more complicated context, but we're, we're just going to keep growing and growing and our students will get more and more confident with English. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on to my pick for the week. Unit two's too big, too small. I like this one. Me too. Let's start here with pointing accurately. So we're getting right into the cards themselves here. I've seen a lot of different teachers teach. I've taught this a lot myself. The left picture versus the right picture. So the left picture is typically the monkey talking with the animal and making his comments and stuff. And then the right picture is usually the monkey trying to wear that particular piece of clothing from the animal that they're talking to. Personally, I find that pointing to the left picture during storytelling to be the the clearer option, while the right picture is better for talking about the story in more of like a story walk outside of official memory mode time. So when you're talking to students, you're just kind of flipping through the pages saying, oh, boys and girls, look here. Can little monkey wear Mr. Bear's shirt? No, why not? His stomach is too big. Oh yeah, look, this shirt is so big for the monkey. So talking about things like that outside of memory mode, um, when you're before or after the material, using the right picture there is a good way to go. Whereas I would stick with the left picture when you're pointing during memory mode time. Yeah, I think that's a great point, especially considering uh, this, this story is very visually impactful just in its design. I find it very vibrant. Um, I really personally like the drawing style. Mm. Uh, the same 
And just to build with that, uh, the, the three materials we've talked about today, um, if we look at them all side by side, they all look so different. And I really think that that's just a lot of fun for our students, uh, for it not being the same. Every time we bring up a new card, it could be a different animation style, a different presentation style. Um, and for me, I really enjoy this one because they visually show, um, especially when the hat is too big and it's just covering them completely. Mm. Uh, I think the students really do enjoy, enjoy this one. They definitely do. Uh, kids always love this material, maybe more so than their teachers usually for this particular story. <laughs> I think that's a fair statement. <laughs> <laughs> When we're thinking about the language and getting kids to understand and then use this language, though, there, there's a bit more of a complicated jump than we might expect just on first glance. So the material itself, the language in it is referring to the body parts of the animals being too big or too small. Whereas if we're trying to talk about clothes sizes kind of outside of the materials, like if you bring in a shirt, if you bring in a hat and you're talking about, oh, this hat is too big or this shirt is too small for me, that can be a little bit of a tricky jump because we're not talking about body parts being too big or too small, we're talking about the clothes themselves. So remember that your students at this stage in unit two, they're still really early on in their English journey. They're still trying to understand the concept of too big and too small by themselves. So trying to apply them to body parts in the material and then going outside of the material, trying to apply that language to just being able to use it naturally, talking about different objects might take some time. So be ready to model, give them a lot of examples of how the language can be used. And with enough exposure, they'll start picking it up and they'll understand it, but just don't expect them to be masterful with it from the get-go. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I can echo that statement as well. I remember when I was teaching it at first, I used to really enjoy grabbing one of the student's shoes and putting it beside my foot and saying, can I wear your shoe? And, you know, it, it is funny for them, but as you said, they're not really getting the same level of context from the story about the foot itself. They're focusing on the shoe. You know, yeah. and we can get kind of stuck in that loop of, oh, students are reacting to this. They're really learning when really they're just waiting for that moment. And it's funny, but is that really helping them use the language and construct meaning at the end of it? Not so much. This is why the lesson plans are so great, because they'll, they'll keep you on track to success. Whereas I've I've been guilty of this myself, for example, and I've, I've seen many cases of this as well, where teachers are kind of not pre-planning their questions for this and in the moment trying to come up with some impactful, highly educational question to ask using this language. And it ends up being really tricky, just like I talked about with how the material refers to the body parts versus the questions you're likely to come up with off the cuff will be about the specific clothes being too big or too small. So stick with the lesson plan, stick with the questions laid out in those, and you'll be set up for success from the beginning especially with being um, really aware of your expected responses mm -hmm. when these are unit two students. So, you know, they, they're just still new and fresh into grapeseed and using English. So a lot of their responses aren't going to be as expressive as you may expect. Absolutely. Even the quick checks looking at them here, they never get to even long form sentences at the end exposures. Um, so if we're looking at the quick checks, 
Can students have more complex exchanges about the story? I have a nice shirt. Can you wear it? No, no, you cannot wear it. Is it too big or too small? Too big. So we're not even really expecting students to get to really complicated full sentences here. We're just trying to help them understand the language and be able to use it a little bit, but it'll come back around just like we've been talking about with fun in the snow and what do you see? This language will come back again in the future and your students will be able to understand it and use it more fully later on. Indeed. So to, to build upon what we said with our expected responses and the lesson plans, quick checks and expected responses, um, to really make for an impactful um, exposure, we do really need to model and really show the students something that is too long and using our body parts and really help them make that connection. Um, sometimes using our body more than the actual material. So do pre-plan, have your lesson plans ready so you can really know how you're going to model this for your students to make sure they're getting the most out. Yeah, that modeling is going to be so critical here as we look to transfer that usage of the language from more teacher-centric to more student-centric. So lesson seven, lesson eight's lesson plan here. They start, they tell us to start commenting on student clothes and them being too big or too small. So just a teacher talking about student things, letting students hear you use that language and not expecting them to come up with their own responses just yet. If they do, then great, but we're not really expecting a whole lot from them at that stage. So like Dan's talking about, model, 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 and you will be good. But that brings us to the end of our Grapeseed Greatest Hits number three. So we we went deeper this one. We went to unit 11. The, up until now, we've only done some of the early units, but now we're, we're branching out. It's growth. You're, you're creating growth within your podcast, Adam. It's exciting to see. Well, you did choose the unit 11. And I think that might be because if I remember right in your 10 things, you said unit 11 was your favorite unit. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I stay true. I stay true to uh, my convictions. <laughs> Unit 11 is where it's at. Snuck one in here for us. So if you're yes. a, a teacher and your school's relatively new and you haven't heard a lot of Unit 11 yet, there's a lot of ocean theme in there. There's a lot of cool materials. So check it out on the portal um, if you haven't gotten to see that stuff yet. So thanks, as always, for joining the podcast, Dan. Thank you again, Adam. I hope we can do it again soon. Great. If you are listening and you have some other ideas or, or requests for materials to be on the Grapeseed Greatest Hits series, send them in to mailcarrier at grapeseed.com. And as always, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye. I'm sad to say goodbye It was a good day But now I will say Goodbye my friends Goodbye Goodbye everyone